Hi, this is Sammy Smiles, and I'm your host, Sammy Vance. This podcast is sure to leave you inspired and with a smile. Now let's get right into it. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to this week's episode of Sammy Smiles. I'm your host, Sammy Vance, and um, so it's officially football season, and today I'm having the great privilege of interviewing Dr. Jen Walter. Um, Dr. Jen is best known for being the first female NFL coach, um, and she's just done so many amazing things. An author, like, has her own camp. It's, I don't know, it's mind-blowing, but it's, I'm just so honored to uh, meet, meet her. So uh, thank you for being here, and I'm just really excited to talk to you today. Well, Sammy, having met you for the first time on the sidelines one football camp that I was helping to coach at with Rod Wood- Woodson, and hearing your passion for making the world a better place, it's pretty hard to resist you. Thank you so much. And again, I'm just really happy to be talking to you today. And I know this is going to be a great episode. So Um, yeah, I'm really happy that you're able to carve some time out of your very busy schedule right now um, to be able to talk. And I um, really think this fits because it's like during football season. But okay, so I'll be honest. I don't know like anything about football. My family watches a lot of football. My brothers play football. Um, And I have done flag football last year in gym, which I did not do good on my test, but I got a touchdown one time, and I'm pretty proud of that. She got a touchdown. (laughs) Yeah, I got a touchdown. Don't know if it was legal. Did you celebrate it, though? The question is, was there a good end zone? I have no idea. Okay, well, well, next time when you score a touchdown, you got to have, like, your walk-off plan. Is it just, like, you drop it, and you're like been here before, do gritty, you know, you know I what, like, what is it going to be? I, Take yeah. picture, you know. Yeah, I'll do a, I'll make some, some good move up. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so I know it's a sport that has like a lot of positions and plays and coaches and stuff. And you, Dr. Jen, were the very first female NFL coach, which is just amazing. And on behalf of girls out there everywhere, just thank you. It's, really so cool just to see be able to talk to you again and um it's really amazing but nfl coaching was not your first experience with football so how long have you been uh, like been loving football and what were your successes and challenges before you made it as an nfl coach oh gosh there's a lot of successes and a lot of challenges the first and i think biggest challenge is that girls really didn't play and I mean, there were women who had played back in the 70s, right? Like the Toledo Troopers and some of the women who really set the stage. But in the modern um, iteration of women in football, it didn't start until around 2000. And so me playing in high school wasn't an option. Um, growing up, even at your age, I didn't get to play. I didn't actually get to play football until I was 22 years old. And so... I tell girls all the time, like that come to my camps or I get to have on the field, like you're already better than I was at your age because you're getting the opportunity to learn and to play and to grow with the game. So those are really big things to me, right? How can we continue to grow with the game, grow in the game and, and do that. So one of the reasons why I like to be visible and approachable to other girls is I want them to understand that there are opportunities for them to go as high as they want to in the game. Because when I was playing, 
even doing what I've done in my life was impossible. And for so many of us, that's a really big challenge, right? If I haven't seen somebody who looks like me or who's built like me or who's from where I'm from doing what I want to do, a lot of the times people say what's not possible. And so that was one of the biggest challenges. And then also one of the biggest drivers in my career. Um, I ended up playing for women's tackle football for 15 years, um, had the opportunity to win four uh, championships like Super Bowls for women, um, two gold medals on the first and second women's U.S. national team. Uh, I was the first woman to play running back in men's pro football and then coached actually indoor football before I coached in the NFL. Wow, that's amazing. So congratulations on all of that. That's Thank you. Um, yeah, that's really cool. And I think it's just super cool that you're empowering people, like especially women all over, um, to know that they can do anything because um, I bet there was a time where it really did seem impossible. Like even now, like I have time just with my buddy bench project. It's like, whoa, this is crazy that it's come this far. And um, I think it's just really cool what you're doing and how it's inspiring people all over. So thank you. Oh, you are so welcome. And it is, it is hard, right? For anybody who's doing something that's different, just like you're talking about with your buddy bench. I mean, all that you've been able to do are, are things that at some time somebody would have said, that's not possible or no way, or you're too young to think that big or you know, girls can't do that or whatever that is. And the truth is that every time we do something that other people don't understand or don't see, we're creating opportunities for other people to go further in the world. And to me, that's part of what's really exciting. Yeah, I love that. And I appreciate you sharing that because I think, um, again, it's just really good for everyone to hear. So thank you. Well, that, and, and let's be honest, when, when you started your buddy bench project, you didn't think it would be this big, mm -mm. right? Yeah. And the goal, and, and it, and it didn't have to get this big to be important and to be special and to make a difference. And I think so often we think if it's not huge, right. Or if it's so big, then if I, if it's not big, I haven't done anything. And that's not true because every bench that you've done is huge for the person that it helps. And so rather than only think it has to be grand to have a grand impact, like if we think of the little things that we can do every day and really love the process, right? Like do it because it makes us feel good. Do it because it's going to help somebody else. Then it's crazy how the momentum will carry you to be able to make things that, you know, seem small at first evolve into things that become really big and can help a lot of people. Yeah, I agree. And I love that. And you were saying things about like how just the small things to make a difference. I believe that everything's like a chain reaction almost. Um, mm -hmm. One thing will lead to another and it'll just turn to be something really great. So one small thing can make a big difference. Then. I mean, think how much it changes somebody's face when you just smile at them. Yeah, it's crazy. Right, like we can just give somebody a smile, like, hey, how you doing? Like, I'm from the South, we do that. Mm -hmm. I'll be like, hey, how you doing? My friends used to joke, they're like, well, I'll talk to anybody. Yeah, like, why wouldn't I? What? That's who I am. 
you know, I'm not always in that mood, but I always see when you do that, like people will smile or I'll look to give somebody a compliment for just because, right? Like, you know, you see other women and, and too often we're, we as women and girls are hard on ourselves and hard on our appearances, right? We're like, oh my gosh, is this, is this shirt right? Is my hair okay? Is, are my glasses good? Like, is my hair the right length? Like, we, we tear ourselves down so much that I love to look at somebody and be like, you know what? Those shoes are fire, right? Or I love your outfit or those are super dope glasses because that's something that somebody chose, right? And you just gave somebody a little bit of reinforcement that might then cause them to what? Smile at somebody else yeah. or to give a compliment or to go out of their way to hold the door. And those little things really do become a chain reaction. And so we can be proactive and positive in the way that simple things elevate others. And when we, you know, if we looked at just giving one compliment, right? Like as a girl or a woman, to just give one compliment to another girl or woman, this random, right? Like literally random acts of kindness right? Like, could you practice a random act of kindness every day? Just something nice, pick up a piece of trash, hold the door for somebody, right? Like give a smile, give a compliment. That's 365 days, right? And imagine then if every one of those people that were impacted did that to one more person mm -hmm. and one more person. Think about how much cooler the world would be like, and how much happier we would all be in it. Yeah. I agree. And I think that's just straight up facts and I love it. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Thank you for sharing. Absolutely. Little things are big things, yeah. especially when we tack on wins and we, we bring our friends into the equation. Mm -hmm. 100%. I love it. Uh, so you were talking a little bit at the beginning about how we recently met um, through Hope Through Football. Uh, and it was like a camp in my city and um, it, it's put on every year by Hall of Hall of Famer Rod Whitson, and he was actually on my podcast uh, last year around this time. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that was really cool. And um, I, um, I actually came by to bring him uh, one of my books, Inspire the World, A Kid's Journey to Making a Difference. And after dropping off one of my brothers for the, or I did that after dropping off one of my brothers for the camp, um, because, well, both of my brothers are doing it, but that was really cool. And one of the ladies there mentioned that you would be there one day, and I needed to meet you because um, you were, you had a really inspiring story, and, and she thought that we could um, bond really cool, and I think 100% that's definitely um, happening, and I love it. Um, so I remember meeting you and complimenting you on your hair was the, like one of the first things I did because I didn't really know who you were very much. And I love your hair again. I love it. <laughs> um, but I think just the moment we met, we kind of like both of our stories kind of it was just a really cool moment. Um, so you actually have a camp that you run your own camp um, called a gridiron girls for gridiron girls and so can you tell us a little bit that, about that and why you started it yes so i started gridiron girls um gosh five years ago now and it was because there really weren't a lot of opportunities for girls to learn football and so it was pretty much if a girl was going to be at a football camp she was the exception to the rule 
right? Even co-ed camps, you would look and I coached a lot of them, as you saw. Um, I always support my guys, like they support me. But if you went to a camp of maybe a hundred kids, you might get two girls. So that meant only 2% of the camp was girls. And so for me, it was like, why don't we make a place where girls aren't the exception to the rule? It's their time to rule. And that we make sure that girls are learning all of the fundamentals of football. So if they want to go out and play street ball, they know they already know how to catch. They know they know how to throw and they're not going to get made fun of um, by the boys because they haven't had the opportunity to learn. I think too often we hear things like, oh, she throws like a girl or you catch like a girl. That's not actually a thing. Or you don't actually catch like a girl or throw like a girl. You've either been taught to throw a football properly, and there is no gender associated with that, or you've been taught how to catch appropriately. Again, it's not a girl thing, a boy thing. It's a diamond thing. That's not gender. Diamonds are pretty on boys and girls, right? Um, so how can we set that standard that it's no longer about gender and success in the sport, but giving them the tools to the sport. So then they know that they've been taught and they feel good about stepping up into every situation. So we say gridiron girls confidence through football and teaching the girls, there's no game they cannot play and no field. They do not belong in or on. Yeah. I love that so much. And I think, it's super important as well. And it really is making such a big difference. And I'm sure you hear that all the time and you know it, but it's really impacting so many people. Cause even though I don't do football, I know that um, in many different aspects, I think everyone needs something like that in their life and someone like that, just to teach them that um, they're worthy and they're just as good as everyone else. And I think, that's really amazing. So again, thank you for what you're doing with that. You got it. Thank you. Yeah. So I think everyone in life runs into different barriers. So for me, when I started my project, I was really shy and I didn't know how to talk to other people uh, very well. I couldn't just go up to people and ask them to play or um, I couldn't speak to more than just my friends. Uh, recently, I was just invited to be a keynote speaker at an event um, with just like 160 adults. And it was really cool. Um, That's so I said, awesome. I'm so proud of you. you. Thank you so much. Um, so yeah, it was just kind of to speak about the importance of mentorship, reading and like making a difference. And I think since I first started my Buddy Bench project a little over five years ago, I've really overcome that. Um, that shyness and I've broken that barrier. So you as the first female NFL coach, um, I'm sure there are some barriers there, but you really do continue to blaze the trail and just be amazing. So how did you feel to attain that position and how did like the um, players perceive you at first and like um, compared to maybe how you are now or just like in general? I think what was really challenging about going into that situation is that the biggest question was, would players in the NFL take coaching from a woman? And it's interesting because the players actually were really open to it. The narrative and the press and things like that, people looking on from the outside, that was scary. And, you know, there were a lot more debates, but inside the guys were actually really supportive and they were proud to be a part of history. 
And it's funny because every time one of those guys would introduce me to their mom or their grandma or their auntie or their sister, it was really clear to me that, or their wife, um, that most of the guys had been coached by women their whole lives, just maybe not in football, right? So this wasn't that different for them. As long as you know what you're talking about and you have a good attitude in communicating it, I think people are more open than we give them credit for. And I think what gets in our way sometime, and you'll appreciate this, is that it's more us who's scared about how we'll be received than it is them. And frankly, doing your keynote is very brave because that is one of the top fears that people have is public speaking. And I do a lot of it. So what I've learned is first of all, people want you to be human, right? Good humans like good humans. And most of the people um, who are watching, literally they're thinking, I'm glad it's her and not me right? They would rather it be you up on that stage or me up on that stage than them. And with that, what does that mean? Like if something scares you, don't you think like, aren't you usually more understanding for other people who might be scared of the same thing? Right. I mean, you started the Betty Bunch, obviously because you had a place where you were scared to talk to other people or maybe didn't have people to play with. And then that made a safe space. So it's a lot of the same with public speaking. People don't want you to fail. They're actually kind of cheering for you because they think you're brave. And when I tell people that a lot of the time, they're like, oh, I never thought of it that way. I'm like, oh yeah, oh yeah. I have people say it to me all the time. And for me, I enjoy being up on stage. I think it's fun, mm -hmm. right? Like, as you noticed, like I can, I can do that in front of a crowd I've been acting since, you know, I was younger than you, but sometimes it's harder to have like intimate one-on-one -on -one conversations as opposed to a giant loud conversation yeah. to a whole room of people, you know? So my advice in those situations is whether it was me going into the NFL or doing anything that's scary is most people don't want you to fail. And if somebody does want you to fail, are they the people that you care about the most anyway? Like, does their opinion matter as much? No, probably not. So if you thought of a room of, you said 160 people, right? And you think maybe, maybe three of them don't want to see you win or don't appreciate you. Okay. That's like under 2%. That's a 2% right? It's just over 2%. So would you focus on the 2% that that has a lot more to say about them than it does about you, right? That's probably something that they're not feeling great about in and of themselves. You're not going to fix that. It has nothing to do with what you do right or wrong. It's something that's not whole within them. So if you're not going to fix them and you're not going to fix that for them, then what do you have to focus on? the 98% of people who are there for you and they want to learn from you or they think that you're brave from getting up there or, you know, any one of those things. So let's try and find people 
who will be happy about us and celebrate us as opposed to focusing our attention on the people who really they're upset about something and it's probably least of all you, even if they take it out. I love that. And I really appreciate you for sharing that because I think something that's so cool is how just everything can kind of relate to everything. And that's definitely universal advice that you gave. Um, it can be just related in so many aspects. Um, so like for specifically the um, speaking aspect of it, like um, I think it was what you were saying, I think kind of knowing that helps me um, for maybe the next time I'll go up speaking. Um, because all the adults would, uh, they came up, some of the adults came up to me at the end and they're like, that was really brave of you. And I would never be able to speak um, from that. And I think um, just the support system that we do have is so important and more important than the support system or the uh, people that are not a part of that support system that um, we need to really just focus on what we do have and the community that the good community that we do have. And yeah, I just really appreciate you sharing that advice. So thank you so much for that. Of course, it's my pleasure. Yeah, um, and I encourage like everyone to think of that advice as well and because it's really important. Um, so there's a quote from you that says, greatness is a choice you make over and over. And when you choose personal greatness, big or small, um, it becomes a big part of who you are. And I believe that is really true because we don't just um, wake up being great. Uh, half of my days I wake up and just don't feel motivated and I don't feel the best, but we have to choose to get things done. And it's not always easy and not always recognized, but uh, true greatness is being happy with yourself and knowing um, that you tried your best and that you're, you're, keep, you're keeping, keeping on. Um, so what, you already gave a little bit of advice, but do you have any other advice that you could kind of give the listeners? Um, maybe it has to do with breaking barriers and um, how to get started on things that they don't know how to do or anything. Well, the first thing I would say in terms of breaking barriers is again, um, most people who break barriers to set out to break barriers. You just had an idea or a passion or fell in love with something and kept working at it. So again, don't feel like it has to be huge in order to be important. What's important is that you put your head down and put one foot in the other in front of the other and keep walking and working and failing and falling and getting back up and, you know, trying something different um, and really falling in love with the process and the people along the way. Because if you like doing what you're doing and you like the people that you're doing with, you'll keep doing it even when it's hard because it's not easy. Okay. Breaking barriers. You don't say I'm going to break this barrier one day. And then it's like, well, the world just opens up all those doors and windows and blows you along and claps for you and takes pictures at the end. Like that's not what it is. It's hard and it's scary and it can be lonely because you're doing things that other people aren't doing. And, you know, sometimes people won't understand it and all of those things. I mean, if you think about it, right, breaking a barrier or being a first inherently means only. And I tell people, I've done a lot of things that people call brave, but that doesn't mean I don't get scared. And it doesn't mean I don't have times when I don't know what to do, or um, I wish it wasn't all on me to do it. 
um, it, it is very human to have those thoughts, right? And we all do. The only thing that scares me in this world really is feeling like I am the one and the only, the only person who's done something, the only person who's felt a certain way, um, the only person who's had a particular challenge. And yet I think that bravery is actually asking for help mm -hmm. or at finding somebody who might have had a similar experience, right? Like um, I could be the first woman in men's pro football to do X, but there have been other women who were first women to do something in maybe another sport, right? Like basketball, Nancy Lieberman was a first. So she might not have the football advice. I could get the football advice from maybe somebody like Rod, right? Who's like my big brother. Now, does he know how to do it as a woman? No, he doesn't. But he knows how to do it football-wise, right? And then Nancy might know how to do it as a woman, though not in football. She knows how to do it in basketball. So if I can be brave enough to ask those two people who are two good friends of mine and then put that advice together, then I'm not the only one who had either that sport challenge or that woman challenge. And now I don't feel like it's so hard or I'm so alone, or at least I have somebody who will listen and then maybe say, hmm, I don't know that answer, but you know who might? And that's how we get real progress, right? It's not just pretending like everything's always okay or that we don't have questions or that we're not scared. It's actually being willing to open up, have those conversations and get some resources around us. And so really when you're doing something different, that would be mine is like, yes, be brave to carry it out and to do it but don't feel like being brave is being alone because those are two very different things. Yeah, I agree 100%. And I think that's really important because it can be um, with in all aspects of life that can be taken into consideration. And I think, um, again, thank you for sharing that. I'm saying thank you a lot, but I really do appreciate it. And I think it's very helpful. Um, so is there anything else you want to say before we get onto our fire round? Uh-oh, the fire round. Um, I, I think the other thing is um, it's hard growing up. It is. And we're hard on ourselves in the process. I know I was. And one of the things that I really wish that somebody would have told me um, that I looked up to and hopefully some of those people are listening now, but even if you don't look up to me, take, take an opportunity and just listen. Who you are is amazing. Who you are as yourself, your loves, your passion, your look, your style, your differences, your unique special sauce of life is exactly what makes you special. And so don't feel like you always have to, to try and fit in a box, right? Like why fight to fit in when you can stand out? And part of the reason, right, we, we talked about the hair, part of the reason why, um, why I love 
accentuating that aspect of myself. Like my mom was an artist. My sister was an artist. We love color. We love flair is because what I realized is me owning that in myself, which is different. Um, it doesn't necessarily fit the norm for what a lot of people think a football coach looks like mm -hmm. in that I can give someone else a little bit of courage to maybe own something different and special in themselves. And I think it's important that we're not only visible about it, but vocal about it and give us all permission to, to love being ourselves and to realize that the people who are meant to be in our lives are going to think that the things that are different about us are pretty darn cool as opposed to, well, why can't you just be like everybody else? Well, I can't, I'm not. And I, I laugh. You'll appreciate this. I have people all the time who will say it's inevitably like, thank you for being you. And I tell them, I'm like, yeah, well, I suck at being anybody else. I do. Yeah. I'm going to do a really bad job of being someone else. So why not be the best version of myself? This unique, small, funny, loud, little bit crazy, high energy person. Why don't I be the best version of this and be the best of the people around me that I can and to always look for ways to get better at my skills, to get better to my family, to get better in my life, but to do it in my way, as opposed to minimizing the things that make me different and special, just so I can fit somebody else's idea of what's cool. Because what's cool is really being you. I love it. I literally love that so much. And I think that's just really important to hear and so again thank you for sharing that you're welcome so if you're ready for the rapid fire round then i'm all right so i'll just ask you a few questions and you can answer with the first one that comes to mind all right number one favorite football team the dallas diamonds nice. that was my team for 10 years um and also i would say team usa because we won gold medals and Team USA has now won four gold medals in wait for it, four women's world championships. So I got to say Team USA. I mean, I know everybody's looking for an NFL team, but I think my teams are amazing. Yay, amazing. Um, what's the best place you visited? Australia. I want to go there. That seems really fun. Yes, and I'm getting to go to New Zealand next month and I'm so excited. Yay. <laughs> Um, what's your favorite food? Chocolate covered strawberries. I haven't had those in forever. Those actually sound really good. So good. <laughs> I just got braces, so it's hard to eat anything though. So yeah, it is. It is. Protein shake. Yeah. Um, favorite color. Ooh, I like all of them probably too much. <laughs> if you looked around my room right now, which I won't because I'm remodeling, there's like every color. But pink is one. Love it. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe. Yeah. Love your hair. <laughs> Drive or fly? How far are we going? Wherever you want. <laughs> I love to drive, but it has to be manual. I love driving a manual transmission. It's so much fun. But I hope where I'm going is far enough that I need to fly. Yeah. 
Although driving, I get to bring my dog. So that's a toss up. Nice. Yeah. Amazing. Um, language. Would you rather speak every language or talk to animals? I think I'd talk to animals. Because you can always get a translator for languages. That's true, yeah. Um, would oh, it would be to-, to be able to talk to everybody, but animals are so fascinating. Mm-hmm. I, w- I definitely wonder what my dog is. Yeah. <laughs> um, would you rather go to a movie or read a book? Go to a movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, hot or cold? hot I don't like being cold if it's food I want it cold if it's the weather I want it warm yeah um where can people find you on social media to follow your amazing journey at jwelter47 on twitter welter47 on instagram uh jenwelter.com uh it's really funny guys if you're an, if you're a fan of athletes there's a little bit of an athlete cheat code it's generally last name and number. And sometimes we'll add a, add an initial, right? But Welter, my last name, and 47, which was my football number, pretty pretty helpful on most social media platforms. <laughs> Love that. Um, so for the last question, that's all my guests. What is something that makes you smile? I love the potential of people like you. Um, I think so many times we look for the answers from adults Mm -hmm. and yet adults have a lot of baggage. The beauty of you is that your world is still evolving and your imagination and your dreams still have all the permission (laughs) in the world to get as big as they want. And I want you to take on the world that way. That's why I love working with kids is because I'm not saying that you're a kid. That's not what I'm saying but kids and young adults, because you're, you're so, you've got so much that you can put into action when we build into you early in life, right? As opposed to looking for adults who have been the same way for so long, sometimes for you and for someone your age and younger, oh my gosh, the world is so open. So if we can open your mind, your, your permission to dream, to not get taken, right? Like I think kids are so pure and we lose some of that through the world that says, you shouldn't do this, you can't do this, you won't do this. No, if we just remove some of those barriers and permissions in terms of how good you can be, how nice you can be, how cool it is to be different, how far you can go, um, what, you know, putting in effort can do early in your life. Oh my gosh, it's exponential, right? Like everything that you go to do, whether it's you work really hard at being an artist or you're developing a podcast or writing a book, all of these things like, yeah, okay. The first time you do it, it may not work like you thought it would. You can get as many people watching. So what? you have to get it right or to figure out that maybe that's not the thing something else is the thing but the effort that you can put in things the likelihood that they'll succeed is so big because you'll you'll develop expertise early and to me that makes me smile I love it I love it thank you so much and you're so welcome
Yeah. So thank you so much for being on this podcast. I really appreciate it. And it's my pleasure. I will do it as long as you continue to do what you're doing and taking your time and bringing goodness into the world and to other people. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And you're welcome. The cast made me smile and I hope it makes everyone listening smile. And just remember that you don't have been dot make difference. You could be a kid too. And in this case, you could be a girl as well. It, um, in any case, you could be a girl. You can make a difference no matter what. So I hope you have That's a great right. day. Bye. You too.